고백하는데 No fish. Fishing holes dried up, Jesus. There's no fish. You want to know the best thing that Peter did that day? He listened to the right person. He listened to the right voice. My name is Matt Griswold. I'm the lead pastor here at Connection. I want to say welcome to you this morning. Thank you for coming. Thank you for braving these harsh January conditions. Still don't have my snow. It's all right. Some of you are praying against that. I see that. I'm very thankful that you're here. If you walked in that door over there, which most of you probably did, you may have been given one of these. In here is just some stuff that we can... Find out about you if you're a first-time visitor to Connection, your first-time guest. But right here on the bottom, if you open it up all the way on the bottom right-hand side, is first step. And I want to keep mentioning this because I want you to let me know. First step is a chance where people can come and find out about Connection. First step is the way that you do join Connection. That's how you become a member of our church. You go through the first step. I will be teaching that at the home of Jeff and Debbie Staley on February the 8th from 1 to 3. Please, it is February 8th, right? Yeah, February 8th. February 8th from 1 to 3. If you're coming, I need to know so I can make the materials to have enough for all of you. So I can get those ready. But there's a lot of exciting things going on at Connection, and I want to just, I want to touch base with, with some of that stuff. Yesterday, yesterday I got to, again, we took a, we took a break for Christmas because this, the month of December for about everybody that's breathing is busy. So church planning started again yesterday. We're, we're meeting together. We're discovering. We're going through a book and we're discovering ways to become relational. The, the, big, the big word that we talked about yesterday was relationships. About how, how you can do everything or you can model this, or you can model this, but the number one thing is having relationships. So I want to challenge you. If you're a regular connection person, I want to challenge you. Make sure that you're making relationships. If you meet somebody for the first time, write their name down, okay? We want to, we want to remember that person. They're, they're guests of ours. They're important here. But Peter, Peter, can you imagine how tired he is as he's fished all night? He comes in and, and there's Jesus. He's sitting on the, on the shore and he starts walking out to him in the water. And Peter, what are you doing? We're going to go fishing. We're in the third sermon of a sermon series that I, that I labeled because it's the beginning of the year. Here's to new beginnings and here's to breaking free. The song that plays before the worship every time with the black screen and white letters. I hope that you're looking at the words. I hope you're listening to the words. Here's to new beginnings. Here's to breaking free. The first Sunday in January, we talked about a man named Nicodemus. And I'm not going to do a whole review, but we, we remember that Nicodemus was a guy that often gets a bad rap. If you know, if you've been around church for very long, they said, well, Nicodemus was a Pharisee and a member of the Sanhedrin, but he went to Jesus at night because he didn't want anybody to find out about it. And I took a little bit different path, and I, I said that Nicodemus sought to have a new beginning in his life. Not that he was sneaking around at night, he knew the right place to go. He knew the right person to ask. See, to have a new beginning and to be set free of your stuff, you have to know who to ask. 
Because oftentimes we say, oh, I'm stuck. I'll ask myself to see if I can get out. Here's the deal. If you keep asking yourself, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to mind read you. And if you, if you only trust yourself, the chances are you're still with that stuff. Because if you could get out of your stuff on your own, we all would. See, we have to look in the right place like Nicodemus did. Last week, we talked about the woman at the well in John chapter 4. Jesus came looking for her in the middle of the day. And she sought. See, Jesus told her of a new beginning. See, some people don't know that it even exists. They think, I'm going to be stuck this way for the rest of my life because I messed up, I messed up, I messed up. Listen, the woman at the well, Jesus told her all about her past and he offered to her a new beginning. She was able to break free from her past and experience healing that only Jesus can bring. Again, I want to remind some of you, some of you think that, uh, you know, new beginning of the year, new sermon series, listen, this can change your life. That day, I, that day would be awesome if we could go back in some kind of DVR screen and, and, and rewind through history and watch Jesus call Peter and the disciples. That would have been unbelievable. I think, I think he would have just been he would just been blown away. Jesus, there's no fish. I've been fishing here for all night. There's no fish. I don't need any help because there's no fish. But he listened. He listened to the right word. Did you see his face when Jesus called him Peter for the first time? He's just, Err. I don't know you. Jesus was saying, just by saying his name, he's saying, I do know you. What are we going to do? You know, every, well, what are we going to do? No big deal. We're going to change the world. You see, Christianity started in a town where everybody was against it. And it was, nothing, no one could stop it. We still, we still practice Christianity over 2,000 years later. There's something different about this. There's something that's been offered. Today, if you have your Bibles on the screen, not yet. That was a joke last week, not yet. John, we're going to be in John chapter 10. So if you, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, go to the fourth book in the New Testament. If you don't know where that is, look at the table of contents. Keep a... Keep a paper clip by it so you can know the page number. Flip to that. John chapter 10 is where we're going to be. And today we're going to study about something else. We've talked about Nicodemus going to the right place. We've talked about the woman in the well that encountered Jesus. She was looking to the right person today. Now some of you are saying, okay, okay. I'm beginning to want to nibble on this. You've been talking about this for two weeks. What you're saying sounds a little bit good. I'm in. Oh, maybe I want some. Today, we're going to start the journey. Now, whether you're a fan of this or not, my wife and I, we'll, we'll watch these series of movies and we'll just kind of get together and we have our little date night after the girls go to bed and we'll watch a little bit of TV and go to bed. And, and uh, we just finished one of the most epic journeys of all time in cinematic film. Lord of the Rings. Now, if you don't know this, some people think, oh, Lord of the Rings. Hmm. Listen, I want to give you a little bit of insight. You can actually get a Bible study for Lord of the Rings. J.R. Tolkien was friends with C.S. Lewis and also a great follower of Christ. I had a teacher in college. One of my favorite class, now I'm a PE major. My favorite class in college was expository writing. I can write well, if I choose to. But this, we, we went over the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Now, I got a textbook from college that's 1,600 pages long. 1,600 pages long. 
Thank you. And I had, I, had a, I had a professor, and he said, listen, the Lord of the Rings, first, the first movie, The Fellowship of the Ring, was getting ready to come out. And everybody was asking him, everybody wants to know, so if we watch the movie, how many pages does that take care of? And they're not the same. If you enjoy the, if you enjoyed the movies, the books are better. But you can go through this movie and talk about the epic journey that Frodo goes on with this ring and it's, and it's having to do with, with sin and how you can, you can cross-reference that to how Jesus was when he walked through the sin and he ultimately destroyed sin. Okay, I'm telling you, there's a whole Bible study and it's really awesome, but you have to like Lord of the Rings, otherwise it's boring. But it's, it's the constant good versus evil. Now some of you have been biting, you say for two weeks, you know what, this sounds okay. I would like to have a new start. Where I am is not really a great place. I would like to go. So we're going to start this journey. But in order to start the journey, we have to seek truth in the right place. We have to seek the right person. But we have to listen to the right voice. We like to listen to ourselves, don't we? Case in point. McDonald's french fries sound good. Oh, hey, there's a McDonald's. Okay, let's get french fries. We listen to ourselves. We give in to to things, to, to watch this show, or to watch this show. We give in to these things. Sometimes they're unhealthy things. We have trouble listening to the right voice. My dad often referred to himself as having selective hearing when my mom was talking. He said, I have selective hearing. And my mom would say, you only hear what you want to hear. See, we have this issue with hearing. Because oftentimes, if we're living in a place where the truth will affect us and cause us to change, we do not want to listen to that truth because we have to change. Some of us are not good with change. Some of us are, hate change. It's easy to listen to people that agree with you. It's easy to, to talk to a fellow, whatever party you like in politics. It's easy to talk to that person because they get you, right? Oh, you're gonna, okay, you're on the same side. Well, I agree with you. And it's really easy to do that. Sometimes we only talk to people because we know that they agree with us. We only talk to people because we know that they'll agree with us. And we're codependent on having our own issue and our, our, own, our own belief in something that we can't, we can't get away from not talking to someone that doesn't believe the way we do. Sometimes we need to listen to things that are hard for us to hear. See, we're getting... We're, Matt, you're like, Matt, you're already getting hard. Listen, I've been trying to prepare this for two weeks. It, didn't get, it wasn't any easier whenever I was studying this at my house. See, we don't like to listen sometimes. Sometimes we need to listen to the things that are hard to hear. Because sometimes the hard things to hear are the truth. And God says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, that He said, I want, you, I want to create you into a new creation by changing the way that you think. Why? Because He talks to me and He says, Matt, the way you think is not the way that I think. I want to change you to think how I want you to think. Think like me. Be like me. That's what Jesus called Peter to do. He goes, I want to, wait. I want to make you a fisher of men. Now, some of you have seen that movie. Some of you have seen that series. Some of you even quoted it. Change the world. We're getting ready to, you know, that epic, da da da. What are we going to do? We're going to change the world. Do you think Peter wanted to hear? You think he wanted to hear that? I want to go fishing again. Man, he's tired. Not convenient. A person wanting to experience change in their lives not only has to look in the right place, not only do they have to look to the right person, they have to listen.
to what He says. And here's the hard part. We can listen, but we have to practice what we hear from somebody that's true. And the connection will not water that down. The person that we listen to is God. We listen to Him because He has given us this book. He says, I want to change the way you think. If you have your Bible with me, John chapter 10. We're going to be in verse 1 and 2. I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through a gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. Time out. Sheep, really. Now, brain-wise, sheep are not at the top of the totem pole. Okay, Sheep are ignorant. Get, they get themselves in trouble. They're dumb, but they do one thing right. I was going to show you a clip of Babe, the pig. Do you remember what Babe did? Babe was the, he, he was a, well, he was a pig, but he was, he played like he was a border collie, like he was a sheepdog. And he got the perfect scores. If you haven't seen it, go home and watch Babe. It's a good, good flick. But I was going to show you that because, because Babe talks to the sheep and they understand his voice. And he get, and he, and he is able to manipulate them. I watched, I rewatched that. I watched it a couple of times. And you know they get in the circle, and there's three sheep with red collars and three sheep without collars. And and he and he kind of stutters as he talks, and he goes, um um um, would the three nice ladies with the red collars please get out of the circle? I'm not a good impersonating you know impersonating a pig, but the three sheep come out and they line up in a row. You see, they do that because they were following they were following his voice. In this time, why did Jesus talk about sheep? Because there were sheep. It was something that was relevant. Why did we give away gas? Because everybody needs it. He talks about sheep. Sheep are kept by the shepherd overnight. Now, if you're a shepherd and you're out away from town, you have to keep them overnight. They would go into a sheepfold. A sheepfold is merely some kind of cave, some kind of place where they can gather all the sheep in there, and there's only one way in and one way out. Now, this is how the shepherd would protect them. He would get all the sheep and put them in there. He'd herd them up. And you get all the sheep back in there. And wherever the doorway was, the, the shepherd would lay across the doorway so that no sheep could go by him without him waking up to protect them. So Jesus just says here in red letters, if you have a red letter edition Bible, this is Jesus telling us. He says, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. He's talking about things that aren't true. But the one who enters the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. In Ezekiel 23, 23, we, we, we like to see this. Jesus is talking to a group of people that he's telling them, hey, I'm here to take care of you. What's really awesome is how the Bible supports itself. If you look all the way back to Ezekiel 23, and I don't have it on the screen, 23, 23, Ezekiel, who's a prophet pro- proclaiming about the future, this Messiah, you know what he refers to him as? A shepherd. And here Jesus is talking about Sheep and shepherds. In verse 2, the only person that enters the gate is a shepherd. If it's your house, you have a key. You don't have to be climbing in a window unless you lock yourself out. 
But they don't have to climb the walls because the sheep are not in any danger. He's there protecting. The shepherd protects the sheep. Now sometimes there's wild sheep. The wild sheep are the ones that stand on the edge of the cliff like, you know, 5,000 feet down. They're going, hey, this is a nice day. And they won't listen to the shepherd. See, this is the problem. Sometimes we can have selective hearing with whoever we talk to. I'm not talking about your kids. I'm not talking about your mate. And I'm not just talking about God. Whenever we hear something, whenever we hear it goes in. My dad always told me, he goes, he goes Matthew, you listen to me. <sighs> he said, there's a reason. I mean, at a very young age, he goes, there's a reason. Even when you pray, he taught me how to pray like this. He said, when you pray, there's a reason that God gave you one mouth and two ears. When you listen in this world, you should listen twice as much as you talk. Because sometimes God puts people in your life that can teach you. And if you're not in the business of listening, it's going to skip right over you. And you're not going to get it. And he's talking, Jesus here, he's talking about the shepherd and the sheep. Look at verse 3. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. The sheep recognize his voice. The sheep recognize... We have to understand who to listen to. If you get a phone call at home, you know now we all have cell phones, everything's caller ID, but before that happened, there used to be these things called telephones that were on the wall, and I've actually used one of the rotary ones. You know, and if you messed up, because you, you know it, it took so long, and you had to dial seven digits, and it took so long you forgot where you were, you had to just hang up and start all over. Man, the conven- we think life is so hard, don't we? But if you get a phone call, you know, we didn't used to have caller ID, and I pick up the phone. I'll never, I'll never forget the sound of this voice in my life. I would answer the phone, and I'd say, hello, this is Griswolds. Matthew? Instantly. I knew that was James Richard Krask. Instantly. Instantly. It was my grandpa. I knew it. If you get a phone call and you can't see the caller ID, and you get that one voice, those, those voices that maybe it's your family, maybe it's your mom or dad, maybe it's your grandparents, maybe it's somebody that you're really close to, and you get that, and whatever, whatever name you are, and you hear, Matthew? Hey, Grandpa. I don't even have to ask again. I know it. We recognize The sheep had a relationship with a shepherd, what? So close that they understood his voice. Are we recognizing God's voice today? They were always together. If a sheep, who is not the smartest animal in the world, would have understood, maybe in previous times, where the shepherd had warned them, had 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 taught them or kept them away from dangers, do you not think that the sheep would understand, hey, this guy might be here to protect me? I, had a, I, had a cocker, I have a cocker spaniel. He lives out in Missouri with my in-laws. He hasn't been in our house since Emma's been born. Emma's six years old. Okay? I go out. I get to see him about three or four times a year. And I go talk to Barkley. I say, Barkley, how's it going? You know what he does? I don't even have to see. I can park. They have a garage right here. And Barkley stays behind the garage in another building. And he has a little fence he can run around right here, but he can't see the driveway. I can pull it up in my truck, say, hey, buddy, how you doing? And he instantly 
knows who I am. Now, Emma gets frustrated because Barclay can do some pretty cool tricks, but she can't get him to do anything. You know why? Because Barclay doesn't know her voice. I walk up to him. Emma goes, Barclay, I just want you to shake. And she's grabbing his arm and shaking like this. And I walk up and I said, Emma, watch this. And talk about a teaching moment. Watch this. I said, Emma, he has to recognize your voice. Hey, buddy. I said, hey, sit down. Shake, your, shake right hand. Emma's just going. I said, shake your left hand. This, this. I said, now, I said, now, Emma, you have to be really cool with this one. I said, not yet, but I want you to give me 10. Go. He jumps up, sits back down. Emma just, oh. But I told her, I said, I got to teach her. I got to teach her. I got to teach a six-year-old girl with a dog. I said, listen, sometimes God's like this. You have to understand who to take orders from, who to take direction from, and who not to. Barkley likes you, but he knows me because he knows that I took care of him. He knows that I fed him. He knows that I've watered him. He knows that I, that I would protect him. It's the same thing with the sheep. You often recognize a sound on a phone. I can tell you right now, with complete verbal distinction, if Steve or Rhonda Griswold was out there in the lobby and they said Stephen Matthew Griswold in all capital letters when you talk, you know, really loud, I would know instantly. Because that, I usually heard that right before I got in trouble. If they said Stephen Matthew Griswold, I'm like, ooh, time to go. I don't care what we're doing, it's, it's time to go. I had no trouble recognizing that. You know, often the time is this. We don't have trouble recognizing God's voice. We have trouble listening to God's voice. We know who's talking, but we have trouble applying. Look how he says this. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. When's the last time you sat down to think about this? There is nothing in your life, nor situation that you have gone through that God does not know about. Scary, huh? Hard to hear, huh? Jesus knows you, he knows everything about you, and he knows where you are in life. Last week I talked about this. I said, Jesus loves us so much, he loves you exactly where you are, but he loves you too much to leave you there. See, because you see, some of us and some of us are spinning our wheels. We're in a rut. You know what a rut is? It's a grave with both ends knocked out. You're not going anywhere. You're spinning your tires. You can't lock it in a four-wheel drive. It's not going. You can't get out by yourself. Whatever situation you're in, listen, the, some, some people think, man, all he's doing is talk about problems and stuff. Listen, You need to understand this. You can all get in your situations and wherever you are in life. We have to understand that you can listen, but you have to apply. We can't just hear. We can't just listen. Sometimes my dad would tell me how to do something, but my dad was a fair man, is a fair man. He would tell me how to do something, but if I didn't know how to do it the first time, he would show me. This is the way that I want it done. Or maybe, here's a good one. (laughs) I would do laundry. For my mom, and she, had, she worked at a bank and it was all dress clothes. Okay, I don't, I don't really care to do laundry. I don't, it's not my favorite thing. But dress clothes have to be hung up. 
And I would just rather throw everything in on high heat and fold it. Okay, I didn't do her dress clothes that way. But she would teach me. I said, Mom, um, you know, I don't wear silk. <laughs> I tend not to wear things with lace, you know, or, you know, sleeve. Uh, no. T-shirt and jeans were, were good, okay? Throw everything in, turn it on cold. You guys, if you've ever been to college, turn everything on cold, put it in, and just wash it, okay? But my, my mom had to teach me how to do these things. She taught me how to iron shirts. She taught me how to do this. Now, if I listened to her and I did it the way that she asked me to do, there would be no issue. But I have heard, because I didn't listen properly, I didn't want to apply what I heard, my mom would say, Matthew, you need to come in here and do this again. You didn't do what I asked you to do. See, God's the same way. God's a parent. God loves us. He loves you where you are, but He doesn't want you to stay there. He loves you that much. He doesn't want you to stay there. He wants you to progress. Look at John chapter 10, verse 4. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. The sheep follow the shepherd. Listen, Emma, if she was in here, she would tell you. She, gets, she can get upset because she can let Barkley out, and he'll run to the school across town. And I'll say, Barkley, come here. Shoo! Most of the time I have a treat in my hand. And Emma doesn't know that. I said, hey, Barkley, and shoom, right here. Barkley would follow me. When we go for a walk, Barkley walks beside me. When Emma and Barkley go for a walk, Emma goes for a walk holding on to Barkley. See, there's, he knows that he can't do that with me. I'm stronger than she is, and I'll pull him back here, you know, if he gets excited. Are you walking? Here you go. If you do not hear anything else that I say today, I want you to answer this question in your head. Are you walking close enough to Jesus that you can even hear his voice? If you say, okay, I am, are you listening to him? See, knowing and listening are not the same thing. This is where it gets hard. This is where the rubber hits the road. This is where some of you go, oh, mute. Matt's talking about things that can change my life if I talk about them. Listen, it's not Matt's words coming out of the Bible. That's why it can change your life. It's nothing magical that I can do to this. Coming right here. They follow him because they know his voice. Knowing what my mom and dad wanted me to do and doing what my mom and dad wanted me to do were not always the same thing. Anybody else in that same boat? Nope, you're all good? Okay, good. You're better kids than I was. But Jesus said, after I gather my flock, he walks ahead of them. There's the sheep know. Look, look, look at verse 5. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. A sheep will only follow their shepherd. A good sheep will only follow their shepherd. If, you walk, if you're walking close enough to hear God's voice, close enough to have a relationship with him, close enough to listen to his instructions, knowing, listening, and doing are not the same thing. We can hear, but sometimes we can practice that selective hearing with God. Oh, we don't like to talk about that. Uh-uh. Mm-mm-mm. I don't want to practice selective hearing with God. I want to do what He wants. Listen, it's easy to do. My cousin is a, is a chief of police, and, and, and about a year ago, he lost. He was a canine cop for 12 years, and, and Ori, his canine, passed away. He had just retired, and he passed away. Thir- 12 or 13 years old, that's old for a shepherd, for a police dog. Now, my cousin is a giant person, 6'4", 275, 
he's big. If he doesn't get you or, you know, with his gun or himself, he has a hundred pound shepherd that will. And his name was Ori, O-R-Y, Ori. Now, we, we went up, I went up to visit him. We were going to go hunting. I went up to visit him. I got to the door. You know what Darren says? Do not step in this house. I'd never met the dog before. He goes, do not step in this house. I said, okay. He goes, this dog is trained to protect anybody that's not me. He's, he's trained to protect me, and that's it. I said, okay. He goes, stand still. Okay, no pressure. 100-pound canine shepherd comes out, and he sniffs. And I'm thinking, oh. And he sniffs around. He goes to Darren, and he sits down. Darren goes, okay, you can pet him. What? So I, very timidly, <laughs> and I pet him. And we walk, in, we walk into the, to the first room, or he makes a huge circle around it. He completely clears the room. Just, he's, a, he's a drug dog. Okay? He clears the room. He clears the room, and he like looks back at Darren, and Darren goes, okay, we can go. So we go in, and he, or he goes in the living room. He clears the whole room. He comes back to him and sits right down beside, beside Darren. And he said, watch this. And he gave me one of Ori's favorite treats. Gave it to me. And I'm sitting in the recliner, I said, and Ori's sitting over there by Darren. And said, hey, Ori, you want a treat? Doesn't pay me any attention. He goes, Matt, you could be holding a ribeye steak, and the dog will not come to you. He knows my voice. Not only did he know Darren's voice, he gave his, he gave his instructions to that dog in Czechoslovakian. I don't speak Czechoslovakian. See, we, only, we need to only understand to listen to the voice that we're commanded to. If we're following Jesus, we should know His voice so that when others talk to us, Without the voice of reason, we should be able to decipher. Sometimes deciphering is not easy. God says, I want you to do this. God, that's a little bit uncomfortable. I'm not sure that I want to do that. And over here, your friends, your, your influences in your life. Listen, there's a scripture that we go over in mentoring. The last part of it says, associate with fools and get in trouble. I don't need to hear any amens. I hear them in your head, okay, because you're with me. Associate with fools and get in trouble. We have to learn to distinguish the voices. Look at verse 6. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. (laughs) Don't we see this often? Really, we've covered some sermons in the last three or four months, and often, someone, somewhere, didn't understand. I want to tell you that if you don't understand something completely, it's okay. You're not alone. Matt, you're the pastor, you have all the answers. No, I know, watch. I can tell you where to look, I can tell you who to look at, and I can tell you who to listen to, but I can't give you all the answers. Verse 7. So he explained to them, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. Now, the people that Jesus was talking to, sitting around, listening, okay, we're hearing a story about a sheep, Okay, if they have any, if they have been taught anything about the Old Testament, I'm telling you, they would have heard about the prophet Ezekiel. He was a big one. He said, I'm the, the coming Messiah, which the Jews were looking for. He refers to him as a shepherd. Wow, this guy's talking about sheep. I wonder, hmm, I don't know. So he just tells him, I'm the gate for the sheep. Now the gate will let sheep in to get to God. There's only one way. 
There's only one gate. We talk about how much, how much things, how many, how much things stack on top of each other and they correlate with one another. When Jesus is crucified, he associates with himself, and he actually walks through what they call the sheep gate. He just he's just telling him he's just telling everybody again, I'm it, I'm it. If you have your worship handout, check out the the blank on the first one. Sometimes we need to be reminded who Jesus is. Jesus is telling these people for the very first time, the very first time, some of these people could be realizing that they are sitting next to, in front of, or behind, or around the man. Messiah, Jesus, God's Son. Has there ever been a time in your life where you needed reminded of this? You ever needed to be reminded who Jesus is? What about in a situation that you can't see out of? Financial? Relational? With your job? God, I do not know how we're going to make this work. We try to trust you, and we have no idea how this is going to work. Or this person's mad at me. God, I can't, I can't, I've tried to apologize. They won't listen. You ever prayed this? God, I can't. You're going you're gonna to have to do it. <laughs> I can't. See, sometimes we need to be reminded who Jesus is, and when we often offer those prayers, see, we get surprised, because sometimes when we pray these things, God answers our prayers, and we get really surprised about that. See, sometimes we need to be reminded who Jesus is. Maybe some of you need to take some scissors and, 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 and cut this up and put this thing, this, this, this line, Right on your mirror. You wake up in the morning, you wash your face, you brush your teeth, you do your hair, whatever you do. Today I gotta remember who Jesus is in my life. Today I gotta remember who to listen to. Ooh. Today I need to understand that God wants the best for me. And even if it appears that I it's just remember, God wants to change you, He wants to change the way you think to look like His Son. You're not gonna get there overnight. Look at me. Look with me in verse eight. Jesus breaks this down piece by piece, so these people and people like me can understand it. Verse eight: All who come before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Now, very, very easy to see people like this. Everybody that came before him. Wow, people like Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Moses and David and no, 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 not the people that he's talking to. He's talking about people that did not come to teach about God. They come to get rich. Do the things that they could do for themselves. They were not sheep feeders. They were sheep takers. I read this in, in in a commentary. Jesus says, these people didn't come through my gate. I don't know these people. But the true sheep did not listen to them. These people weren't teaching the truth, and they sought to feed themselves, not the flock. Look at verse 9. He says again, Yes, I'm the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. See, we, we have to listen. 
And some of you don't want to hear this so much that you're not listening to me. And the mute switch. Listen, this is hard for someone like me too. This is hard to listen. This is hard to listen and do. But Jesus says, listen, I'm the gate. Those who come in me will be saved. If we go on to the 14th chapter, verse 6, Jesus says this. He gets straight up blunt with them. He said, here's the deal. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No one is going to enter the kingdom of heaven unless you come through me and have a relationship with my Father. Period. There's no, there's no, there's no passing go and getting $200. This is it. That's it. I'm the gate. That's it. You need to listen. They will come and go freely and find good pastures. Listen, if you're a child of God, if you're a sheep, Jesus is going to take care of you. You, can, you know that's true. You know that's true. Now you say, well, I'm in a, I'm in a bad situation. <laughs> did you choose that or did God choose that? To get you there. So we have, to, we have to take responsibility. Verse 10. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Jesus came to give a rich life. Sweet. Can't wait to drive that Lamborghini. No. That's not what he's talking about. Rich and satisfying life. He's not just tending us. He's not babysitting us. This is what God does for you. Some of you need to hear this today. You're going through life, and if you're a child of God, you're a a believer, you're a follower of Christ, Jesus has taken you and He's shoved you in this cave, and He says, you stay there, I'm going to protect you. And He stands at guard with things that are coming against you, and He is fighting for you. (laughs) See, that's what we don't understand. Jesus is putting Himself in the same exact place as that shepherd. He says, I'm not going to let anything get you. And you remember that? I've talked with my girls all the time. I hear, I, hear, I hear Lydia, she's three. Dad, there's something under my bed. And my response is about 40 pounds of toys. No, there's something under my bed. I'm scared of the dark. Even in small things like that, I can say, you know, Lydia, if it makes you feel better, that I can take care of you because I'm your dad and I'm here. Okay. But you have to understand that she's three. I said, do you know God take care, takes care of us more than, more than daddy ever can? Hmm. God is not just tending us. He's not babysitting us. He loves us. Look at verse 11. He says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for his sheep. He explains a good shepherd between he explains the differences between a shepherd or a hired hand. If you work on a farm, if you've ever worked on a farm, it's going to make a lot of sense to you. Watch this, verse twelve. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. Why? They're not a sheep. These aren't my sheep. There's a wolf. I didn't pay for these sheep. I get paid by the hour. See ya. He runs. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. Verse 13, the hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. That's what Jesus is referring to about the thieves and the robbers that come in. He said the only thing that they were doing is they're trying to feed themselves, not the flock. I am concerned with the flock. I want you to listen to me. 
isn't it nice to know that when we see those wolves coming at us metaphorically in our life, that we are protected? If you have a relationship with Christ, you are. He says so. He said, if I'm your shepherd, I can handle it. You ever had a problem where you think it's too big for you? And it is. Hey, I, I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I'm not a, uh, an academic genius, but it's too big for you. You need help. You need God is what you need. But we've had these things come up in our life and we think there's no way. There's no way I get a phone call from somebody. They say, oh, this much money. I mean, there's no way. We, did, we took care of that. We got, a phone, we got a phone call one time. Talk about this. I had a wolf coming at me. Hey, I, went to, I, went to, I went to Canada. I shot a bear. Okay, I left it up there. I made a rug out of it. And I came home. Okay? They box them up in huge boxes together. So they can, then they put the top, the top bear rug, they put that number on top of them to tell basically what all the rest of them are. Okay, now here's the deal. There's a GTS tax when you go into Canada and you have to pay tax on things. Mary gets a phone call. I'm at school. She gets a phone call and says that there's 10 bear rugs in there. Okay, they don't give these away, okay? There's 10 bear rugs that are very expensive. And that she gets a phone call that says that we owed every single bit of GTS tax on all of those bear rugs. It's like about $10,000. I didn't sign up for this. No one told me about this. And there's no way that I have $10,000. See, there's this wolf coming at us now. Through many conversations, many calls. Oh, your part is $36.50. That's like, hey, check this out. With the gas price, that's almost a tank of gas. Not a quarter of a house. See, you know, and we think, oh man, that's not, that's, not, that's not even relevant and you got out of it. Listen, I'm telling you, during that time, I was like, I'm going to have to sell my truck. I'm, we're going to have to sell our house. We're going to have to sell some big stuff to pay for this. If this is true, how in the world? This can't be right. See, at that moment, it looked like there was a wolf coming after us. Now, that was not anything to do with me. I've made my own decisions and stuff, and I have been put in situations, myself put in situations, where those wolves seemed to come at me. The world seemed to come at me. Oh. I've seen a wolf that had a name tag on, on the front of his chest. Not really. This is metaphorically. Don't. I've seen the wolf of depression. I've seen the wolf of anger. I've seen the wolf of loneliness. I've seen the wolf of of isolation. I've seen just all this stuff come at me. Isn't it nice to know through a program that we have information about that out there in the lobby that through Celebrate Recovery and God's Word I have learned that guess who fights for me? Guess who fights for me? If I listen to Him. Hmm. Look at verse 14. I'm the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Let's break this down even more than Jesus did. Jesus is a shepherd. John 1 1 says, In the beginning, or not in the beginning, but in the, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It, it shows that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit were here before anything happened. 
God saw everything that happened when I was created by my mother and father. He knows every single part and issue with me. He knows that in the Bible it says that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So are you. He knows His sheep. If you have more than one child, you will understand what I'm getting ready to say. You cannot probably, sometimes, you can't punish them the same way. You can't. It works for one of them, but it may not work for both of them. My dad learned really quick. Hey, Matthew turned 16. All I got to do is hold out my hand and say, give me the keys. Man. He's different stuff with Jennifer. But God knows us. Look at verse 15. Just as my Father knows me and I know the Father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. Jesus laid down His life so that we can experience life in a new way. Here you go. You want your new beginning? You have to go seek truth to the right place. You have to look at the right person. You have to listen to the right person and apply what He says. And it's hard. Good night, it's hard. Because... You may have been living a life, if you're, if you're my age, 34 years, I don't know, I came, you know, you can remember stuff and you're three or four, I guess, maybe five, and we've done things for 30 years, how we want to do them, and all of a sudden, we think God doesn't have this power to come into our life and say, hey, I want to change this, I want to show you how to do this, I want, I've talked with people in the last month that have made gigantic career decisions. Talk about scary. I've been there. My wife has been there. And it's all about trust. But Jesus laid down His life so that we can experience life in a new way. Jesus laid, out, laid His life down for our sin. I don't know if this has ever occurred to you. But without Jesus Christ coming out of heaven, leaving a perfect world, growing up on this earth completely sinless, getting His face beaten in, His beard pulled out, and killed on a cross, and then God resurrecting him on the third day, without all of that happening, you and I have no hope at all. And Jesus says, I've done it. Paid. I just want you to listen to me. You think, well, he's been, he's been pretty manipulative. He can! He paid for your sin. He can! He says, I want you to listen to me. I know you so good. I know, I know, I know you, Matt. I know you. I want to teach you how to do this. Verse 16, I have other sheep too that are not in the sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. Who are the other sheep? Revolutionary idea. The non-Jews. I'm telling you, it's been taught. The Jews are the people that go to heaven. And now Jesus says, no, 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 no. i got a bigger cave. i got a bigger sheepfold. And I'm going to bring more people in. Holy cow. This is another way of thinking to these people. He says, I want to bring them in also. This came up this week. Who should listen to God? We go back to John 3.16. God so loved the world. Jews, non-Jews, I don't care if you're white, green, yellow, black, purple, pink, everybody. Everybody. Now, this is the problem with this. God is concerned with everyone, not the just, 
not just the ones who want to be blessed. Not just the ones that, that have followed what they're doing. Not, in this case, it would be the Jews. Not just, not just those people. A person that does not believe exactly what you believe, God still loves them. Now, we do not like to hear that. People don't think exactly like you think, God still loves them. Oh, no. Mm-mm. They don't like the same kind of music you like, God still loves them. They don't have the same views on politics as you, God still loves them. They don't have the same moral compass that you have. God still loves them. We do not like to hear that. God seeks to relate to us. Jesus seeks to relate to us. Look at your worship handout. It says, Jesus related to these people so that they could have a relationship with Him. What can you do to relate with people more? Are you walking close enough that you can hear God's voice and based on what you do, show others that that's a safe way to live? Matt's life is being changed because he's doing this or he's doing this. Are you walking that close? Jesus would relate to people no matter where they were or what they were doing. Listen, we see, we see, him, talking, he, we see him talking to a Pharisee at night, a woman at the well in the middle of the day, See, Jesus wasn't bothered by inconvenience. Look at verse 17. The Father loves me because I sacrificed my life so I may take it back again. When Jesus was here on the earth, this says all this to say this. When Jesus was here on the earth, God had full control. Jesus didn't sin on His own. But God was in full control. Verse 18, No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. Out of Jesus' mouth, He said, I'd call 10,000 angels down here and smoke all of you. That's my paraphrase. But Jesus said, He said, I could call 10,000 angels right now and you're all dead. I could take care of all of you. Yet, I'm going to give up my life. You talk about a shepherd. He says, I'm going to give you everything. For I have the authority to lay it down and when I want to and also to take it up again for this is what my Father has commanded. Even Jesus knew who to listen to. He knew. Look, even though Jesus knew um, who His God was, He also chose to listen to Him. We can see multiple times when Jesus talks to His Father. How about this? Garden of Gethsemane, right before He's arrested and Peter cuts off that dude's ear. Right before that happens, Jesus lays down and He prays in the garden and He says, God, if there is any way that this can be passed over me, do it. He was scared to death. He was human. He was going to get His face knocked in, His body beaten up, His beard plucked out, and He was going to be killed and give up his life voluntarily. No, he gave it. They, he, could have, he could have just been, mm, be done, and... Pfft. He gave it. We see him all the time. And he answers this, God, your will be done, not mine. The shepherd laid down his life. He obeyed what God said. Jesus was the best example of a good listener we can ever see. I was reminded as I studied this, 
And I started thinking about Gethsemane and, and, the, and the crucifixion and, and just all this stuff. I began to hum this tune out loud. It's a really brand new song. Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. Do you? Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed me white as snow. That's a a year of messages right there. Jesus paid it all. He laid His life. The shepherd laid. Look at your worship hand out. Jesus is the only way that we can have a spiritual new beginning. Jesus is the only way we can break free from those things holding us captive. You know, when Jesus was on the cross and He finally gave up His life and He said, it is finished. And He died. And on the third day, God resurrected Him from the dead. Do you know what He was projecting out of a loudspeaker? You can be free. How about this? In 2015, with this world as corrupted as it is, Jesus says this. He says, you can have something that is not in this world very often. You can have hope. Would you like to have hope? Is there things in your life that I'm hopeless? I'm never going to get over this. I'm never going to finish this. I'm never going to get out of this. I'm going to spin my tires until I breathe my last breath here. I just can't get over this. I can't get over how that person hurt me. I can't get over how, how I felt when that, that divorce happened. I can't, I can't get over how I felt when this happened. I can't get over when th- this happened. or This substance affects me this way, and I just can't get over it. I can't stop doing it. Listen, when God raised Jesus from the dead, He says, yes, you can. You've got to listen to the right person, though. I came to break free. Jesus says, I, I, he basically he jumps up and He says, hey, I came so that you do not have to be trapped. You can have a new beginning. You can be new. You can break free. Look at verse 19. When he said these things, the people were again divided in their opinions. Wow! He just broke it down and explained it to them that he was the Messiah. And they said, I don't know. I don't know. Don't we do the same thing? Matt, I need you to do, I need you to do this. I know it's going to be... Now, now God knows me. I know. I know. This is going to challenge you. It's going to challenge your comfort zone. Yeah, God. And He challenges me to to move. And I say, you know, I don't think so today. It's not convenient, God. I could just do this my way because I already know how to do it. It's really comfortable over here. I really like this. Look at verse 20. Some of the people said this about Jesus. He's demon-possessed and out of his mind. Why would you listen to a man like that? On the other side of the conversation, verse 21, this doesn't sound like a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? See, by his miracles, he was proving that he was the Messiah. By his words, he was trying to teach, but this was so revolutionary, so new, so big. Jesus says, I offer you a new beginning. These people didn't understand what a new beginning was. To a Gentile, they would have never had hope at all. Oh, I just, I'm going to work and make a living and then I'm going to die and that's it. There's no hope. Jesus is here to say, I can give you hope. 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 You can break free. You can break free. I'm here. We see these types of people 
when Jesus was getting baptized. Because some people didn't even notice who he was when he was baptized. And right here, I think there were some spiritually blind people here. They had their own opinions to who Jesus should be. Man, some of us would get in an argument and say, Jesus should be this. Jesus should be this. We're trying to manipulate the Son of God. If Jesus went against what they thought, they wouldn't go along. If Jesus talked good about someone and they did not like, they wouldn't go along. How can we see this? I am named after my grandfather. My grandfather's name is Levi, but I got Matthew because in the Bible, Jesus changes his name. Now, we see Levi who's a tax collector. He's a Jew. He works for the Roman government. This guy is hated. 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 And Jesus eats in his house. Eats in his house with him. And from everybody else, how can you sit around? Listen to this word. How can you eat with such scum? We have to be careful of thinking like the disciples did sometimes. Jesus, why are you talking to the woman at the well? Do you know who she is? Do you know what she does? Do you know what her problems are? We set up these barriers about who we like. We have these barriers set up and they're built with the color of people that we may like, the race of people we like, the political influence that we like. If they make a lot of money, what they drive, we must understand that these barriers are not created by God. They're yours and they're mine. And there's these walls. We only like this person because of this. We only like this person because of this. Well, I don't like them. I like a lot about them, but because they believe this about this, then I'm out. Listen. There are no new problems, nothing new under the sun. We read that from Solomon and Ecclesiastes. We have to listen. God, now listen, God says, I love that person just as much as I love you. We don't like to hear that. God, I followed you all of my life. Where have we heard this before? God, I've done everything that you want me to. It sounds like a Pharisee prayer. And if you rewind, you want to check out what Jesus says about the Pharisees, it's not good. We do not approve of that person's sin, but God says, I love them. We need to listen. We love them. We don't condone what they do. We love them. There are people in this church, man, I can be one of them. You didn't have to love what I did, but you loved me. And because you love me, the Holy Spirit began to talk to me, talk to me, influence me, change the way that I think through mentoring, celebrate recovery. I'm not the same person. You didn't condone what I did. Some of you prayed for me. Somebody's prayed for you. See, we have to listen. God says, that one, that one's mine. (laughs) And no, he doesn't always make the right choices, but I know Matt. Some days God says to me, man, I just wish you'd listen to me more. I wish you'd trust me more. That's hard to hear. Do you know that? If you're my friend on Facebook, I put this on my Facebook wall. It's still up. This is a quote I found this week from Matt Chandler. Matt Chandler is a phenomenal pastor speaker. Matt Chandler wrote this. I don't know how many likes I got, but it was a lot. And I can't take credit for it. It says this, We are not called to win arguments. We are called to love people. Maybe you need to write that on your mirror in the bathroom. I do. 
We're not called to win arguments. We're called to love people. God says, I want you to listen to me because in my business, I love people. Jesus died for the whole world, period. We must listen to what he says. For God so loved the world. Guys, I gave you my only sons. What God says, I've given you everything. There was a guy in the Old Testament that didn't, they didn't think God was either doing his job good or, 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 or wanted to argue with God. And you know what God said? Okay, argue with him. You know, David yelled at God. David had a conversation with God. Loudly, I think. And we're, not, we're not written in all caps in the Old Testament, but I'm pretty sure it was loud. David had a conversation with God, and God says, I want you to seek me. You can argue with me, but seek me. And, and if we have a problem in our life and we want to seek God, I say, God, I have a problem. And he says, okay, you can have a problem with me. We can have this discussion even at a loud moment. But I want you to look. I want you to seek. So we dive in here. Psalms 37.4 says this. Delight yourself in the Lord and you will receive the desires of your heart. The desires of your heart may or may not be your dream. See, because when you start relating to God and you start, you start searching God about what, what God wants, God does this. Romans 12 too. He changes the way that you think. In Scripture, your heart is right here. Changes the way that you think. So when we say, delight yourself in the Lord and you'll get the desires of your heart, you'll receive the desires of your heart, I had that all mixed up. said, God, I'll play baseball for you. Just give me that great big contract. I'll sign it. No problem. And he says this. There's not a day go by that I don't miss baseball. Really? I miss it. I miss the smell of the grass. I miss the leather. I miss the snap of a fastball in the outside corner and a guy says strike three. I miss that. But it's not my heart. It's not my heart. Yes, it's something that I like to do. But it's not my heart. See, if we listen, God has taken a kid, listen, a kid from a 1,500-person town. Not big. And, he, and even though I mess up, and I keep messing up, and I mess up, I learn how to listen. I can't believe, I told someone this week, I cannot believe some of the things that God can do in this world when He has people like me to work with, and people like you. Because if we realize, we're all broken. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Who are you listening to? Nicodemus sought the truth. The woman at the well looked at the right person. Looked at the right judge. Remember all of her friends were downcasting her? She looked at the right person. Now we see the shepherd, the sheep. You have to listen to the right voice. It's hard. hard so I want to pray for you that you can listen to the right voice if you would just bow your heads with me God as we leave this morning it's so tough sometimes to listen to the listen to the voice of reason listen to the to what you say because it, sometimes it goes against what we want to do and we're selfish God, I ask that if we're blinded by something, that you open the eyes of the blind. God, that you tell us things that we can listen, that we can seek you, we can look to you, and that we can listen, even if it means change.
because you want to create that new beginning. You want to break, you want to help us break free. That new beginning exists in you alone, and that's it. We have to seek the truth. We have to look at the truth. God, we have to listen and apply the truth. Let us be good sheep. Let us learn how to follow. In your name we pray. Amen.